0: Before I start this week's episode of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast, just the usual quick note of thanks to the photographer who took the photograph, which is now on the cover art of the podcast. That's Sora Shimazaki at Pexels. Hello and welcome to the Financial Crime Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kirkbride. Money laundering and sanctions topped the bill this week with some regulatory enforcement thrown in. Also, a couple of consultations which have opened so that should keep your reading list nice and topped up. In fact, that introduction is rather like last week's introduction because there's been a striking similarity in relation to the stories. There has been a lot this week. I've had to drop a few dead donkeys along the way. The link's To the principal stories in the podcast are in the podcast description. Let's start with sanctions. Some limited sanctions news this week. In the UK, the British government has issued several licences relating to Russian sanctions. Some ride on the back of the Russian oil price cap, which was announced as coming into force this week. The general licences relate to, first of all, the Russian oil price cap, That's a general licence which allows a person to supply or deliver Russian oil by ship from a place in Russia to a third country, or from one third country to another third country, and allow a service provider to provide relevant services to any person, whether or not a UK person, relating to the supply or delivery of Russian oil by ship from a place in Russia to a third country, or from one third country to another third country. The licence takes effect from the 5th of December and is of infinite or indefinite duration. Secondly, the wind-down licence, which allows a person to supply or deliver Russian oil by ship from a place in Russia to a third country, or from one third country to another third country, and allow a service provider to provide relevant services to any person supplying or delivering Russian oil by ship from a place in Russia to a third country, or from one third country to another third country, this license also takes effect from the 5th of December 2022, and like the previous one, is also of indefinite duration. A general license, uh, license has been issued which allows relevant institutions to process, clear, and send payments from any person in connection with activities which would otherwise contravene Regulation 46Z9C of the Russia Regulation. Some heavy amendments there. This regulation also takes effect from the 5th of December 2022 and is, again, of indefinite duration. Finally, a general licence which allows a person to supply or deliver Russian oil by ship from a place in Russia to a third country, or from one third country to another third country, provided that the unit price of the Russian oil concerned is at or below the cap price, which, if memory serves me right, was set about $60 a barrel. This licence takes effect Again, from the 5th of December 2022, and is of indefinite duration. Links to all the licenses are in the podcast description. To the European Union now, where the Council of the European Union has announced that it has extended the sanctions under its EU global human rights sanctions regime against individuals and entities responsible for serious human rights violations and abuses worldwide for a further year until the 8th of December 2023. The Council has said that this means that the sanctions will continue to apply to all 17 individuals and the five entities listed. Those targeted by the restrictive measures are subject to a travel ban to the European Union as well as an asset freeze. Additionally, persons and entities in the EU are forbidden from making funds available to those listed. The link to the press release is in the podcast description which also contains links to the relevant other documents. That's it for sanctions this week. Might shift it from top billing next week. Put something else there. Now we turn to money laundering. There's a little on money laundering this week, with the announcement that the European Banking Authority is to consult on new guidelines for the effective management of money laundering and terrorist financing risks when providing access to financial services. The EBA, aims to ensure that customers are not denied access to financial services without valid reason. As the press release provides, the European Banking Authority is launching for public consultation on two new sets of guidelines. The first set is adding a new section to the European Banking Authority's Money Laundering and Terrorist Finance Risk Factors Guidelines, which sets out what financial institutions should do, to identify and tackle money laundering and terrorist finance risk. This new section will help financial institutions understand how NPOs are organised, how they can be different from other customers, and what they can do to manage money laundering and terrorist finance risks associated with such customers effectively, instead of denying them access to financial services. The second set tackles the issue of of ineffective management of money laundering and terrorist financing risks by financial institutions when providing access to financial services. These guidelines clarify the interaction between the access to financial services and institutions' anti-money laundering and countering the financing of terrorism obligations, including in situations where customers, including the most vulnerable, have legitimate reasons to be unable to provide traditional forms of identity documentation. In addition, they set out the steps institutions should take when considering whether to refuse or terminate a business relationship with a customer based on money laundering and terrorist financing risk or AML and CFT compliance grounds. The consultation is open until the 6th of February 2023, and the link to the consultation document is in the podcast description. Now, to fraud this week, and our old friend, the abuse of the bounce back loan scheme, and two disqualifications from the insolvency service in the u k first, John Gerard McGarvey, who' has been banned for eleven years after two fraudulent bounce back loan scheme claims worth ten oh, sorry one hundred thousand pounds. McGarvey had applied for two loans which is not permitted or was not permitted under the scheme except in very limited circumstances, and those limited circumstances were not satisfied here, and that there was also, as is typical in many of these cases, an overstatement of turnover for the previous year. The second concerns two unrelated businessmen, Savio Gilbert Pereira, who was a restaurateur, and Sajid Anva Vallimohamed. Pereira exaggerated the level of business turnover – again, textbook – and has been banned for 11 years. Uh, Vali Muhammad committed a range of misconduct in relation to his company and is banned for 11 years. Links to the stories appear in the podcast description. To scams now and a couple of stories. First, The Payment Systems Regulator has published a consultation paper, CP22 forward slash 5, on the technical process that banks and building societies have to follow as part of its new reporting requirement for authorized push payment scams. The responses are sought by 5 p.m. on the 17th of January, 2023. The link to the consultation document is in the podcast description. The second scam story is a bit of helpful guidance, but from an obscure source, namely Trading Standards Scotland. Each day in December, they will publish a warning about a different scam, all on an A to Z sc- theme. And I had a look at it earlier, and they've got some way to go. The link, which will have updated information as December goes on, is in the podcast description. Now, we turn to a bit of corruption. Now, this story has come in the wake of the conviction of Glencore for bribery conducted in various countries, which resulted in it having to pay £280 million in financial penalties. This was something that we looked at previously on the Financial Crime Weekly podcast. The letter urges the Justice Secretary to, quote, undertake a review of the current compensation regime courts need to be empowered to order compensation in all cases whether pursuant to a deferred prosecution agreement or following a criminal conviction. The compensation regime should adopt a broader definition of harm that recognises the financial, economic, environmental and social damage caused by foreign bribery and establish a methodology for assessing compensation in complex corruption cases. Compensation should be returned to those affected by corruption in line with the principles that the UK committed to at the Global Forum on Asset Recovery. These processes for return should be transparent, accountable and include consultation with non-government stakeholders to mitigate the risk of re-corruption. Independent monitoring and reporting processes should be implemented to ensure compensation is used to benefit the victims of corruption, including through the funding of anti-corruption efforts. The link to the letter is in the podcast description. Now we turn to regulatory enforcement. There has been a reasonable uptick in regulatory enforcement in recent weeks. This week our regulatory enforcement comes from the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. and it relates to alleged market abuse. Well, market abuse, which clearly seems, uh, the Financial Conduct Authority at least, seems satisfied occurred. Anyway, the first one is that the brokers, uh, BGC, uh, GFI and GFI Securities Limited, have been fined £4.8 million, almost £4.8 million for failing to ensure that they had appropriate systems and control in place effectively to detect market abuse. In addition to this action in respect of market abuse, the Financial Conduct Authority has also published decision notices against three bond traders for market abuse. The three concerned have referred the decision notices to the Upper Tribunal Financial Services, which will conduct a de novo review of the decisions. Links to both press releases together with the links to the final notice in the BGC case and the decision notices against the three bond traders are in the podcast description. And finally this week we turn to another consultation which has opened, but this time into the use of investigatory powers. This week the Home Office has announced a consultation into extending the investigative powers contained in the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002 to an additional range of organisations. Those organisations are the Security Industry Authority, the Food Standards Agency, the Environment Agency, the Public Sector Fraud Authority, and the Department for Work and Pensions. The consultation closes on the 1st of March 2023, and the link to it is in the podcast description. That's it for this week's episode of the Financial Crime Weekly Podcast. If you want to do so, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you'll hear from me again, all being well, next Sunday with the usual roundup of all things financial crime. Have a great week, everyone.